Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brennan coming to you live from Fayetteville, Arkansas, with another Fishers and Men video broadcast. And it is good to be here this evening for our Tuesday night Bible study. <clears throat> and it's certainly been a while since I, um, since we did one of these. We finished uh, last time. We finished up Peter, and uh, now this time we're going to be in the Book of James tonight. And the Book of James is so. Is filled with a lot of um, is filled with a lot of wisdom, as you as, as you could say. Um, it's actually um, the book of James is said to be the Proverbs of the New Testament, and uh, the book of you know if you think about the book of Proverbs, it's the book of wisdom. So you know James is kind of like a this is kind of like the uh, New Testament counterpart to the Old Testament Proverbs, if that makes sense. It's, um, you know, that's why, you know, it's quote-unquote the Proverbs of the New Testament. Because <coughs> it's kind of like counterpart. It has a lot of, it deals with, it deals a lot with faith. It deals a lot with not just having just faith but action to back up your faith and it deals with a lot of stuff um, that we can apply uh, to our lives. So we're going to be getting into the book of James tonight and uh, hopefully it will be a blessing to you um, and uh, hopefully that you know uh, you guys get something out of it and that you guys um, will learn something from it alright. Um, Really quickly, uh, see, I don't have anything, uh, I don't really have any new announcements. Um, just keep me in prayer. Keep my, um, please do keep uh, my um, ministry in prayer. Uh, there's a lot going on in my life right now, and uh, just a lot going on even last week which is why I didn't do a single video last week but uh, we need to get back into it again so do pray for me do pray for strength um, just a lot of things just in my life I won't share tonight but <clears throat> just a lot of things in my life that um, is happening so just pray for me um, on that so Um, but other than that, um, I'm going to try to not make this too long if I can. Um, however, it's 20, it is 27 verses. So, you know, I'm going to try to do what I can and try to mind the Holy Ghost. Um, so just pray for me tonight. I'm just kind of out of it and just kind of wanting, um, to not do a lot tonight. So just. But I gotta, I gotta, you know, get back into doing um, videos because I know a lot of you are probably wondering where my videos went. So, anyways, um, other than that, I think we're gonna go ahead and get started. Um, so, if you have your Bibles, turn with me and open up your Bibles to the Book of James, chapter one. <coughs> and while you guys are turning there, um, I just want to kind of give you some introductory thoughts here, real quick about the book of James. Um, like I said, the book of James is known as the Proverbs of the New Testament. Um, James is the same name from the Greek as the Old Testament name Jacob from the Hebrew. Um, James is the father of Judas, uh, not Judas Iscariot, a different Judas, a different, there are two Judases uh, this Judas was not, Judas is not the Iscariot, it's a different one, okay? Other disciple. Um, and so, um, we also know that James, uh, this is the same James that is the half-brother of Jesus and the full son of Joseph and Mary, okay? So that would, that would be, um... That would make, so that would make uh, Jesus, Jesus and James both would be uh, half-brothers. Um, 
Uh, it is said that he was an unbeliever prior to the resurrection. Uh, his conversion was apparently brought about by a personal appearance of the resurrected Christ. Um, he was the pastor at the Jerusalem church. Um, James had died as a martyr for Christ being thrown down from the temple and then stoned as he prayed for his persecutors. Um, James is a pastor of the Jerusalem church. He, uh, the writing of this is said to be around 45 AD. It is also said that uh, James is the first book of the New Testament uh, to really be written. Um, so before all the other like epistles and all that stuff, James was the first one. It's said to be the first one of the New Testament. Um, the reason why this is called the Proverbs of the New Testament is because with the practical nature, um, is because of its practical nature is why it's called, why it's known as the Proverbs of the New Testament. Um, it also has a lot of similarities to the Sermon on the Mount. Um, really quickly, uh, the outline and then we'll dive right into the notes. Excuse me. Um, James 1 deals with true faith as evidenced by growth through trials. James 2 talks about true faith as evidenced by works of love. James 3 talks about true faith as evidenced by wisdom and wisdom of the tongue. Uh, James 4 is about true faith as evidenced by separation from the world. And James 5 is true faith as evidenced by dependence upon God. So, um, with that said, I know that was a very quick introduction. <coughs> um, it's a very quick introduction, so we're going to go ahead and get started with the book of James. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. So, let's start here in verse 1 of James chapter 1. And we will read uh, 1 through 4. Then we'll talk about it. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. <coughs> now, <clears throat> really quickly, let's take a look at verse 1. Verse 1, we see that... Now, keep in mind, James is the half-brother of Jesus. <clears throat> okay, so... You see that there is a humbleness about... James, okay? He could have wrote James, half-brother of Jesus, and could have said all these things to be recognized, okay? But you'll notice here that James starts out as James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he acknowledges that he is a servant to Jesus, okay? Even though that they're half-brothers, Jesus acknowledges, <coughs> sorry, not Jesus, I'm sorry, James, even though James and Jesus are half-brothers, James recognizes that he is a sinful man and needing, uh, in need of the grace of God, and he is just a servant. He's not anything special, he's not... He doesn't label himself to being anything special because he's the half-brother of Jesus. So we see in that first verse that James has has a he 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 lays it out uh, and he he's not puffed up for he's not puffed up. He's very humble in how he writes um, that first verse. He's very humble. 
Okay? Now think about that. We ought to be humble and not puffed up with pride. Amen? But James is very humble in how he writes. Now, right away he gets into when you fall into diverse temptations, okay, trials. Now, we just got done with 1 Peter, okay? So we got into trials and tribulations. We got into all that. We talked about, Peter talks about trials and how to endure trials and <coughs> how to have a, um, a good attitude, okay? And now we're doing the book of James, and the first thing that he gets into is trials, okay? He says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So James is exhorting you to be joyful when you fall into temptation, when you go through trials and tribulations. You know, he is exhorting you to be joyful. Now, when Paul was in prison with, I think it was Barnabas, I think it was, when they were imprisoned, they were in the jail worshiping and praising God. Okay? So they were beaten, they were they were chained, they were in prison, and you'd, and you'd think they would have a sour attitude about it, but they were joyful. While they're in their prison imprisonment, okay, so they were joyful. They had joy through a hard time. We ought to have that joy. And that's very difficult, especially in the days that we're living in. And let me just tell you something, okay? If you can't okay, so just just let me just say something, okay? If you think what's going on is bad, what's going on right now is nothing compared to what's coming down the pipeline. And I want to challenge you with this, and this is also for me too. If you can't find joy right here, right now, how will you find joy when the tough things come? Because what we're going through right now in our nation is very, is like peanuts. Okay, it's peanuts. We ought to have joy. We, this, this is a time to where we should recognize and be joyful for what we have. Listen, we still, we still have the Constitution in place. <clears throat> okay. We still have the Constitution. Our nation hasn't been completely destroyed yet. And that's, I believe, is by a mercy of God. But if you can't find joy now, how will you find joy later? Okay? So I just want to exhort you. You need to find joy. This may be, and I'm going to tell you something, this is hard for a lot of people. I'm not discrediting that. But what's coming down the pipeline is a lot worse to what we're going through right now. But we, we are to count it joy when we fall into diverse temptations and trials. Okay? Now, knowing this, that the trying of your faith Worketh patience. Okay, it worketh patience. That's why you're going through trials, is because God is trying to teach you patience. Even, <clears throat> even when you want something, even when you want something and God hasn't given it to you yet, He's trying your patience. He's teaching you patience. Okay? But why? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, 
this is not this this perfect is not talking about sinless perfection when it says perfect an entire wanting nothing what this is talking about is it's talking about maturity god wants you mature he's god is trying to mature you why so you won't have any wants why because all you want is christ and christ is your everything God is trying to perfect you, to mature you through these trials and tribulations that we have. And it's hard to see that, okay? It really is. Now, I want to kind of quickly go through some verses here before we move on. <clears throat> In um, Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12, it says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness', righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. First <coughs> Peter chapter 1 verse 6 Wherein ye greatly rejoice, Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7, it says that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 48 be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And I think in this context, we're still talking about maturity. Okay? <clears throat> we're not talking about sinless perfection. Although God does not sin, one of these days we will be sinless when we go home. But while we're on earth, we need to mature. Okay? And in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, it says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved, blameless, unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, with that said, let's go ahead and let's pick up in verse 5. It says here, If any man... If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, and tossed. For let not the man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it with withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also sh shall the rich man fade away in his ways. <clears throat> now, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Okay? You kind of start to see why this is sort of, why you see this is the Proverbs of the New Testament. Okay? Proverbs is wisdom. Okay? The book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Okay, if any of you lack wisdom, ask. Let him ask of a God. Okay, if you lack wisdom and want wisdom, pray and ask God. Now he's not going to sit there and drop a whole bag of bag of wisdom to you. You know that hits your head overnight. No, you got to get wisdom in His Word. Okay, if you want wisdom, pray and seek His face. Ask him to show you things. Ask him to give you wisdom. And ask him to show you in his word. 
ask him to to reveal something to you from his word. Amen. Ask him. <clears throat> ask God. If you like wisdom, ask God. Okay? Because God will give it to you freely. He will freely give it to you. If you ask him, he will freely give it to you. Okay, Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom, if his son ask bread, will give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to, good, how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? Amen. Ask, and ye shall receive. You have not because you ask not. And we'll, we'll get to there when we get there. Okay. Now. But when you ask him for this. You are to ask him in faith. Nothing wavering. So when you ask God for wisdom. You ask him out of faith. Don't have disbelief. Don't, because dis, disbelief is like that wave that will toss you to and fro. Okay? Don't, don't ask him out of disbelief. Ask him and ask him out of faith. Don't waver. Don't go back and forth, but stand firm on the word of God and ask him. <clears throat> for James says for the he that wavereth, wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed so you're just tossed to and fro you're just all over the place don't ask him you gotta ask in faith without faith is an, it is impossible to please him so when you ask God for things like wisdom or anything else in your life ask him out of faith don't be, don't ask him with full of doubt. Because doubt will toss you around like crazy. Okay. Now, for let not that man think. What's that man? It's that man that's asking when, when you ask things of God and you waver. Okay, when you ask things of the Lord, <coughs> when you waver when you ask him, that's verse 7, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. When you ask God for things, ask in faith, don't have doubt. Amen. And here's why. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Don't, don't think that you have faith and yet you're doubting. You can't have faith and doubt in the same in the same thing, because faith and doubt are two completely opposites. When you know that God can do something and yet you doubt, you start to become a, a double-minded man. And when you become a double-minded man, the Bible says that you're unstable in all his ways. You're unstable. You need to stay firm on faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. You need to stand firm on the word of God. You, when, you, when you ask God for things, you need to ask God in faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Don't doubt.
but walk in faith. Okay. Um, and Matthew chapter 21, verses 21 to 22, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye should not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive it. That's faith. We ought to have faith. Not tossed. Because that's what doubt will do. When you have doubt and when you ask in doubt, you're just like that wave tossed to and fro. And when you doubt, you start to become a double-minded man and you become unstable. Think about that word unstable. Do you think, when you see the sea roaring and the waves crashing, do you think that is, do you think that's, do you think when the sea starts to act up, you start getting waves, do you think that's stable or unstable? It's unstable because you're, those waves are going to and fro by the wind. And that's what a double-minded man is like. Is like the these unstable waves crashing everywhere. It's inconsistent. So be careful that you're not asking in doubt, but you're asking in faith. <clears throat> a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he's exalted. But the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass, shall, grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it wherewith the grass and the flower thereof falleth, and the grass of the, of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fadeth away in his ways. <clears throat> um, really quickly, uh, Luke 14.11, it says, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 24, it says, For all flesh is, grass, is as grass, and the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. Okay. Um, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 7 through 8. The grass withereth, rither, withereth, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is, is grass. The grass withereth, and the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Psalm 103, verses 15 through 16. As for man, his days are as grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it, and it is gone. And the place thereof shall know it no more. Our lives are nothing but a vapor. Our lives come and go. We're not to store treasures up on earth where thief and moth and rust can get to it. We're supposed to store treasures up in heaven. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now. Let's uh, go ahead and read uh, 12 through 16. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved 
beloved brethren. So when you endure temptation, James is saying, blessed is that man. Because there is a reward for him <clears throat> that endureth that temptation, which is the crown of life, which the Lord promises. Okay? Now, let's go to Luke chapter 6, verse 22. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall, when they shall uh, separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Okay? <clears throat> so blessed are ye that endure that temptation, those temptations. Okay? Now, and if you endure those temptations, when you endure, the Lord promised that He'll give you the crown of life. You can only and you can only endure if you have Christ in your life. Now, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. Okay, when Satan took Jesus up to tempt him. Okay, in Matthew chapter four, verse seven, Jesus saith said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Okay? So, you might say, well, well, Brandon, there's a mistake in your Bible because in, in Genesis, in, in Genesis, it says that, that, that God tempted Abraham. Well, let me tell you something about that. In that context, the word tempted means to means that God was trying him. God was not tempting at uh, God was not tempting Abraham. God was trying his faith. Because you got to read in the proper context of of that. And if you don't believe me, if you actually go and read. The whole story, you'll realize that God was trying Abraham's faith. God wasn't temp God was not tempting Abraham. And again, it goes back to this verse. Let no man say, when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any man. Here's why. Okay? But every man is tempted when he is drawn away after his own lust and enticed. There was no lustful action that Abraham was tempted with in Genesis. There's no lustful action. Abraham wasn't lusting after someone. <laughs> no, actually, God told Abraham to go and offer his only begotten son. His own, well, not his only begotten, I'm sorry. He, he told to, uh, to offer his only son as a burnt offering. Okay, Genesis 22. 22 is the number for... Revelation. Why? Because in the book of Revelation, there are 22 chapters. 22 is the number for Revelation. If you read Genesis 22, it is a type and picture of what Christ would do on the cross. What God would do. God, Genesis 22 is a picture, right, is a picture of John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him, shall not perish, but have ever everlasting life. But in Genesis 22, Abraham was not tempted to sin. 
God was testing his faith. There's a big difference. You need to read it in context. You cannot take that out of context. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away from his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my, belo my beloved brethren. Okay? <clears throat> Second Samuel, chapter 11, verses 2-4. through four. And it came to pass in an eventide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came in unto him, and he lay with her. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned under her house. Okay? Matthew 5, 28. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. Genesis 2, 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Amen. The wicked work, uh, Proverbs 11, 18 through 19. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. Now, let's go to 17 through 20. Picking up at verse 17 of James. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. <clears throat> now, we know that every good thing, every good work, and every perfect gift comes from God. Again, when you ask things of God, God will give it to you when you ask in faith. Okay? But every good and perfect gift comes from God. In whom is the Father of lights? And he has no respect of persons. Okay? So if God did something for someone, he can do it for you as well. God, God does not have a respect of persons. Now, um, in John chapter 3, Verse 3. Um, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Ephesians 1.13 In whom ye also trusted, after that ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Um, Matthew seven eleven, If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to shew thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, Rightly dividing the word of truth. Can we see that word of truth? 
of his own will, he begat us with the word of truth. <clears throat> now, here gets here gets into some wisdom. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Can I tell you something? If you guys get mad at somebody because they did something to you, the best thing that you can do is keep your mouth shut. Don't be quick to react. Don't be quick to say a whole bunch of things, though it's tempting. When someone made you mad, you keep your mouth shut. You hear them. And don't be quick to get, to get back at them and become wrathful. And vengeful. Because the moment that you have wrath, okay, James is telling you, that the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Okay. Now. Here's some parallels to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 10.19 In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. So when you refrain your lips and you keep your mouth shut and you don't say something. You're wise. Do you know why? Because if you get upset or mad, you're better off keeping your mouth shut because it would be better to keep your mouth shut than to say or do something you're going to later regret. And God says when you refrain your lips, you're wise. Uh, Proverbs 14.29 He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding. But he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Proverbs 16.32 He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. Proverbs 17.27 He that hath knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Proverbs 29.20 Thou a man that is hasty in his words, there is more hope of a fool than him. Ecclesiastes 7 9. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom <clears throat> in the bosom of fools. Matthew 5 22. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka, shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Last verse, and we'll, we'll push on. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26-27. Be, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. If you feel if you feel like you're angry, literally don't don't carry your anger. Don't carry your anger in the evening time. Because if it's you know, once you start getting later in the day, the sun goes down, you still retain onto that, that's gonna turn into bitterness. And you don't want that in your life. Bitterness is a cancer. That will eat you alive. That's what bitterness is. Bitterness is a cancer that will eat you alive. And it would be better if you went to the person that made you angry and upset and got it right. But do it while it's still day. Don't do it when it's evening. So literally, be, before the sun goes, don't, don't, don't carry your anger during you know the times of, when the, of the evening. Because that, will, that won't... That won't do anyone any, any good, amen? So just keep that in mind. <clears throat> now, James. Going back to James here. Let's, um... Okay, I see where we're at. Here, verse 21. Okay, 
Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Now let's go back here, and let's go through this here, and we're almost done, okay? we got two more verses after this, and we'll, we'll be done. <coughs> now, laying aside all filthiness and superfluity. Now, you guys, I've been. this is something that I'm going to keep on hammering. This verse right here shows that you need to live a separated and holy life. Christians, I'm speaking to you. You need to live a separated and holy life. Don't be mingling yourself with the world. You are called out of the world to be a peculiar person, person in Christ. Jesus calls you a light of the world and salt. And if you're mingling yourself with sin in this world, you're not being light and salt. We are called to be light and salt. So, as I always have been continuing to say, you need to come out of this world, you need to come out of sin. And the only way to come out of sin is by Christ, and Christ alone, because He is the one that has the power to, to get it out of you. If you sin, you need to repent. But this comes to show that you need to live a separated and holy life. There is no excuse. Okay? Now, in this next, and why? Here's the next verse. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Listen. You can hear the word to your blue in the face. And you could think that you are saved just by hearing the word. But you know what? You got to be careful because you can deceive yourself. Your heart can deceive you. You can deceive yourself into thinking certain ways when it's really not. Your perception gets in the way. Let me tell you something about perception. Your perception is not reality. Get that out of your head. Don't ever think your perception is reality because it's not. You can deceive your own self. You can hear the words of your blue in the face, but you can still deceive yourself. The key thing is being a hearer and a doer of the word. Do you know why? Because when you actually hear and do the word, you are separating from sin... You're laying apart all the filthiness of the flesh. You're separating yourself from that. And you are actually not just speaking and hearing the word, but you're living it out. To be light means you live out the word of God in your life. Listen, when people look at you, okay, you may be the only gospel that people read. You may be the only gospel and Bible, and hopefully not, but you may be the only gospel that people see in your life till they actually crack open that Bible. What are they going to see in your life? Are they going to see you as, as someone who's, who's genuine, or are they going to see someone who's a hypocrite? When people are when people are hearers and doers of the word, they are genuine. They're not hypocritical. 
So how you live your life matters. Don't ever think it doesn't. <clears throat> now, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies and envyings and all evil speakings. Ephesians 4.22, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Ephesians 4.25, wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, sorry, Matthew chapter 7 verse 24, therefore whosoever hear these sayings of mine and do with them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Romans 2.13 It says, For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. In Jeremiah 11.6 Then the Lord said unto me, Proclaim all these words in the cities of Judah, and in the streets of Jerusalem, saying, Hear ye the words of this covenant, and do them. Do not just hear the word, but do the word. Live your life according to the word. Some people, yeah, they may be the... And by the way, there are some lost people that will never even touch a Bible. And you may be the only gospel that people read Paul says that you are a living epistle in our hearts so what are, what is people what is Christians what are people reading out of your life out of your life are they saying oh you're just a bunch of hypocrites and you don't know what you're talking about or are they saying you are a genuine legitimate Christian Again, how you live your life matters. How you, how you conduct yourself matters. We are to avoid all appearance of evil. Don't be naive into thinking the world's not watching you because the world is watching you and how you conduct yourself. And you need to be real. And by the way, I think Christians... You need to be real with yourself before you can be real with other people. Because if you're lying to yourself, if you're if you just listen to the word of God and you think that you're holier than everyone else and you think you got everything made, you're not being real to yourself. Be real about who you are. And who you are is a is a sinner saved by God. You need to be real about who you are. Because if you're not real about who you are, you're not going to be real about who you are in public. You need to be real about who you are. Because as James just said, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. Don't lie to yourself. Don't deceive yourself into thinking that you are someone that you're not. The world can see right through that. Amen. <clears throat> now, um, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part. But then shall I know, even as also I am known. Okay. John chapter 8, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 13, 17. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. And finally, Galatians 6, 2. 
bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So in verse 25 it says, But whoso, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Amen. Now, last verses, last, well, last two verses of this chapter, and then we're going to call it night. Well, we got some verses. Last two verses of this chapter, and then we got some verses, and then we're going to call it a night. Just hang with me a little bit, a little bit longer. <clears throat> Verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. You know, God really cares about the the orphans. He cares about the orphans and the widows. Do you know why? Because the orphans and the widows are a couple of the groups that cannot defend themselves. And God speaks very strongly about trying to lay a finger or harm them in any way. Do you know why? Because God feels he God has compassion on the orphan. He has compassion on the widows. So you ought to be careful how you treat people. And we should and we should help those who are fatherless. And those who are widows and widows indeed. Okay. Um, Psalm 141 verses 3 through 4. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing. To practice wicked works with men that work iniquity. And let me not eat of their dainties. Psalm 39 1-2. through two. I said, I will take heed to my prayers that I sin not with my tongue. I'll keep my mouth with a bridle while the wicked is before me. I was dumb with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred. Deuteronomy 14.29 And the Levite, because he hath no part nor inheritance with thee, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow which are within, my, within thy gates, shall come and shall eat and be satisfied that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all thy work of thine hand which thou doest. Job 31 verses 16 to 22 If I have withheld the poor from their desire or have caused the eyes of the widow to fail or have eaten my morsel myself alone and the fatherless hath not eaten thereof for from my youth he was brought up with me as with a father, and I have guided her from my mother's womb. If I have seen any perish for want of clothing, or any poor without covering, if his loins have not blessed me, and if he were not warned with the fleece of my sheep, if I lifted up my hand against the fatherless when I saw my help in the gate, then let mine arm fall from my shoulder blade and my arm be broken from the bone. You see, God takes that very seriously. He takes that very seriously. I won't have to explain it because I think that verse explains all of it. You know, self-explanatory. Psalm 146 verse 9. The Lord preserveth the strangers, he relieveth the fatherless and widow, but the way of the wicked he turneth upside down. Last verse, and we'll close. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 17. Learn to do well, seek judgment, will leave the oppressed, 
judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. Amen. <clears throat> Are you deceiving yourself today in the thinking that you're someone that you're not? Or are you being genuine and do you care about, do you truly care about the widows and the fatherless, the, the orphans and the widows? You know, we ought to have compassion on those people. We ought to have compassion for them. And, um, We ought to have wisdom, too. We ought to have wisdom and compassion for these people. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. If you think you're religious and yet you can't hold your tongue and you can't keep your mouth shut, This man's religion is vain. Got a bridle with the tongue. The tongue is a is a little member, but can destroy a whole lot of stuff. You know they say they have this expression: "Sticks and stones might break my bones, but your words cannot." I'd like to change that up a bit and say, Sticks and stones might break my bones, but your words can kill me. Your words can kill. Because your tongue is so vile and wicked, it can set on fire the course of life in a certain area, and that sucker will burn. Your tongue is an unruly member. And you ought to bridle with it. You are to bridle your tongue. Because if you don't, and you deceive your own heart, your religion is vain. Your religion's vain. And James talks about what pure religion is and undefiled before God which is to 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 this is to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world so what are you to do you are to visit the fatherless the widows and you got to keep yourself you got to keep yourself separated and distant from sin in the world and set apart unto God. Because again, it goes back unto how you live your life. How you live your life matters. I'm gonna tell you something. I and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be mean, but I bet you there are well-meaning Christians who are well-meaning. But they come off as hypocrites because they're not being genuine in their walk. And guess what? Typically, when somebody when somebody is walking around acting like the world, but yet saying they're a Christian, if they're truly born again, either one, they haven't repented of their sin, which they, they should have. Two, they're struggling with it. Or three, they just don't care. And they just shoot their testimony. Become shot. Let me leave, let me leave you this with this example. I want you to consider Lot. Lot, I believe, was saved. He went down to Sodom. His testimony was so shot 
that when Lot tried to warn his family about the coming destruction, his family, part of his family didn't believe him. That is how shot his testimony was. The question I have for you believers, Christians, is are you going to live like that? Are you going to live in such a way that your testimony is so shot that people are not going to believe you anymore? Or are you going to live like how God wants you to live according to his word and be a light and salt to, on this earth? Something to think about. Amen. Now listen, I love you guys. <clears throat> I do. I'm not trying to pick on you. But this is a very serious thing. You you got to take how you present yourself seriously. You need to you need to take your your witness and your testimony seriously. And I'm not just preaching to you, I'm preaching to myself too. You need to take your faith walk seriously. Don't be a castaway. Don't be in a position where you're so much in sin and your testimony is so shot that God has to set you aside because you, you can't be used anymore. Don't be that way. You need to separate yourselves away from sin, away from this world, onto God. And you need to be a light and salt in this in this world. Amen? Alright, you guys. Um, whew, that was a lot. We got through it all. Um, anyway, so I just want to let you know I love you guys. Um, Lord willing, on Friday we will have our Friday night, Friday night fellowship. Um, we will also... So we'll be doing that. I don't know what I'm going to be preach on, preaching on on Sunday yet. So pray for me on that. Um, next week, we'll be getting into James chapter 2. Okay, so James chapter 2 next week. Don't miss it. Um, other than that, I think that's going to be it. So you pray for me. You pray for uh, my ministry. You pray just for different things in my life that's going on. Um, and just... Give God the praise and glory. Amen. Because anything that I say that may change your life or anything like that, that's all God. Okay? That is not me. I don't want the glory. I don't want the praise. So you thank God for, for that. And um, for all those who watch these videos, you are the reason why I do what I do. You guys are that reason. Both the saved and the lost, you both are the reason why I do what I do. And I enjoy it. But at times I get I, I get into a lot of battles. <clears throat> Amen. So you pray for me. You pray for my ministry. Okay. You pray for all my unspoken requests. Okay. Um, so anyways, that's going to wrap it up for the night. Um, I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a great night. And uh, we'll see you, Lord willing, we'll see you on Friday. Okay. God bless you guys. See ya. Love you.